Thank you, Nate. Thank you, Julius. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Great to have you on this beautiful spring day. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your Warm Heart pastors. It is a blessing to see you here this morning. If this is your first time here, welcome. We are blessed to have you with us, and we pray that you find a blessing in today's service. If you're joining us online, hello and welcome to you. I know we've got people watching from East Coast to West Coast and uh, maybe on the South border uh, today is what I heard. Uh, wherever you may be, welcome to, to all of you. Uh, a lot of stuff to get through today. Hard to believe, but Vacation Bible School is just a few weeks away, June 12th and 16th, Monday to Friday, 9.30 to noon. It is free, uh, and there's food. Those are two of my favorite four-letter F words, free food. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you can sign up online. You can volunteer by talking to Cassie Collins, our children's minister, and everyone is invited to, to, to pray for our vacation Bible school. Also in June, the week before VBS, is the Oregon-Idaho Annual Conference. We've got about 200 Methodist clergy and representatives from churches from Wyoming all the way to the Oregon coast coming to here. Uh, we are hosting... Uh, the, the conference. This is the first time since 1962 that a church has hosted the annual conference. It's usually in a hotel ballroom or, or, or someplace like that. Uh, they're trying to uh, downsize it just a little bit. Uh, so we're, every, they're all going to be in here, uh, but we need volunteers uh, for some aspects of conference. Uh, Lisa has a volunteer sign-up sheet Lisa, there you are. Uh, catch Lisa to see how you can volunteer. Give me, give me one or two things that you need. Pass, pass out box lunches. So if you can go like this, you are highly qualified. Awesome. That kind of thing. Uh, talk to Lisa and, and uh, see where you can get uh, signed up. And the Mary Methodists meet today. Apparently, we Methodists like food. Uh, they meet tonight at 5 o'clock for their potluck. Everyone is invited. Uh, we hope that you join us. Uh, for some of these events. It's great to see you. You got some wonderful people sitting around you. Let's take a moment and greet those around us in Christian love and then remain standing for the opening songs.
It's always such a fun time of year to celebrate our graduates. And isn't it amazing how many we have? That's a lot of graduates. Uh, if you are graduating high school, I invite you to come down. We have a gift for you. Uh, this is an especially fun class for me. You come, you come. Yeah. Uh, this is an especially fun class for me because these were the first kids, these kids were the first ones who started with me in sixth grade and then graduated, or not graduating. So. They're like extra my kids. And these two up here, they're also graduating. Uh, they got their Bibles first service. They've been playing strings all day long. So they, I did give them Bibles too, don't worry. Um, it's always our privilege to give you guys Bibles to mark the occasion of your high school graduation. And then also tucked in the cover here are cards from our card makers. And the card makers are really sweet. They take your high school colors and put, use them in the card and so they, they hand make each one for you individually, which is pretty adorable. So congratulations, guys. Best of luck with your next steps. And I love you. <laughs> and we all love you. Yay. We're going we're gonna to send you out with prayer. Uh, we're not going to do a laying on of hands, but wherever you are, just kind of kind of put a hand toward them. Just to send your, your good energy, your, your thoughts and your prayers as they go. God of joy and hope, we thank you for this time of graduation. Your spirit of wisdom has, has given these young ones hard work and discipline in such a way that their hunger for learning has been nourished with, with knowledge, with discovery, with creativity. And as they prepare to walk this, across the stage to receive their diploma, we also walk in prayerful gratitude for the many blessings that you have made this moment real. In gratitude, we pray for the families and for many who have sacrificed and worked to see them in this hopeful moment. In gratitude, we thank the professors and teachers who have challenged and cared and, and crafted them along this journey. In gratitude, we pray for their fellow students who have taught life lessons about, about friendship, about collaboration, and sharing. And in gratitude, we give thanks for a God who has seen them through up to today and who, who opens up each new day into their futures. In Christ's mercy and grace, our prayer is they continue to learn, to serve, to love in the years ahead. And the family of God said, Amen. Amen. Congratulations, graduates. So when I was about your age... I got to go to the circus. And my mom gave me a balloon, a helium balloon. And I was holding that balloon, and this was like a half, we got there early because there was no place to park. We got there early, so I was just playing with the balloon, I was bopping, just playing with it, having a good old time, waiting for the circus to start. And right before the circus started, guess what I did with this balloon? Take a guess. Yeah. I did not pop it. No. Yeah. 
I, I, I held it. Yeah. I did until something happened. Yeah. You let go of it. I let go of it. And where did that balloon go? Up. Up, up, and away. And the circus was indoors, so I got to see it go all the way, and it landed right up up there in the rafters, and I couldn't get it. How do you think that made me feel? Yeah, just say it. Sad. Sad. I I did have a little bit, I I still remember, like the tears welling up a little bit. I don't know, it's it's not the right way to think, but I was like, I felt sorry for the balloon. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Um, I'm apologizing to a little piece of latex that's on the ceiling. I'm sorry. And I just felt bad, and I felt a little angry at my mom because she didn't tie it around my wrist. Like, she just trusted me to hold this. So it was my fault, of course. But I was was remembering all, I had a lot of fun in the last half hour just kind of playing with it, and now it's gone. So you know what? I'm just going to sit here and wait for that balloon to come back down. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited some more. You get tired of me saying I waited? Yeah, should I do something else? Or should I just keep on waiting for the balloon? It's not going to come back down for a while, is it? Here I am. I'm missing the circus that's over here because I'm waiting for the stupid balloon <laughs> to come on down. Finally, my mom just said, get over it and look, look. All right, circus. And the circus got my attention and that was... But when we left, I still looked up and there it was. I didn't get it back. The story we're going to get in Big People Church today is a story of what happened to Jesus after Easter. We all know what happened at Easter. He, he rose from the dead. And he came back to his disciples. But I didn't really learn about what happened like right after that until I was a little older than you guys. He was with his disciples. He was having a meal. And he said, basically, it's time for me to go. And Jesus, they call it the ascension. He ascended. He went up into the clouds. Up he goes. Like Superman. Up he goes. Up, up, and away. And the disciples looked. Because Jesus is going back up to heaven. Now I can just imagine the disciples thinking, I thought we were going to go back to the good old days, the way things used to be. And some disciples thought, well, he went up. I'm just going to wait right here until he comes back down. Like me in the balloon. This world is a circus sometimes. Is it, is it a circus? I should, I should have said that the first service. Is this world a circus sometimes? Oh, yeah. I'm just going to wait for Jesus to come back and fix it. And I'll wait, and I'll wait, and I'll wait. Should I keep on waiting? No. No. Yeah, he he may come back someday. But my job is to go live my life and do what he told me to do. And he told us, all of us, go love each other, care for each other, feed each other, house each other, take care of one another. That's what we're supposed to do. So I could sit here waiting for Jesus to come solve all my problems, come back down and fix the world. But I think Jesus is looking down and said, that's why, that's why you're my disciples. Go love. That's what we get to do. Can you put your hands together for prayer? God above, we ask your blessings upon these little ones that as they grow in godliness and in your, and in your sight, 
that we just pray blessings upon blessings upon blessings on them and their families, that they might continue to learn the stories of you and know that they are loved. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming down today, guys. Head on back. Sunday school, I think, is right over here with Teresa if you want to go to Sunday school. Good morning, church. Pastor Jen, this is a time of our service where we come together in an attitude of prayer and share any prayer requests or concerns that we have with one another. If you have anything on your heart that you would like to share this morning, please share it aloud. Then I will lead us in our pastoral prayer and then the Lord's Prayer, which the words will be on the screen. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we seek your presence in the promise of your spirit. May your spirit be revealed through all your creation, in the wind, the earth, and the sky. May we behold your glory. And may your spirit be revealed in and through us, Breathe on us new life as we gather together to praise you. Transform our hearts so that we may create a more loving world for all people. Through acts of kindness, compassion, and love, light in us a fire that radiates your warmth and light. May it illuminate a spirit of truth. Use us, Lord. Mold us, shape us, transform us to be more Christ-like. And gracious and loving God, today we come together to pray as Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
One final breath he gave as heaven looked away. The Son of God was laid in darkness. A battle in the grave, the war on death was waged. The power of hell forever broken. The ground began to shake. The storm was rolled away. 
today's reading will be from Acts chapter 1, uh, or verses 1 through 11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him, seen him go into heaven. Well, happy Ascension Sunday, everybody. I'm sure you looked at your calendar this morning. Had it all circled and underlined. It's finally here. We've been waiting for, for weeks for this day to arrive. We got to get out the Ascension Sunday decorations. Maybe a few party hats. You know, I'd love to get one of those little Japanese floating lanterns. You know, Jesus' face on it and just, just, just send it up. That would be kind of a fitting thing for today. Well, there might be a few people in here who would ask, what's Ascension Sunday. That's a question I would have asked, too, before I went to seminary. My, my the church that I grew up in, it was just not a big deal. We did Christmas, Easter, and left all the others alone. Ascension Sunday doesn't get a lot of press. It's a, it's a story tucked in between Easter and Pentecost. Pentecost, 50 days. That's what Pente, Pentecost means, 50 days. Uh, we'll get Pentecost next week, uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and we wear a certain color on Pentecost. What color do we wear? Red, come next week, wear red. We are going to red out. If, if you are an Oklahoma Sooner fan, wear red. If you're Washington, whatever colors you, red, whatever team that you have, wear red. But this is the last story of the ascension that we have of Jesus on earth eating and speaking with his disciples. He might visit Paul later on, the road to Damascus story. Uh, he'll have a vision for Peter uh, as well. But this is the only time that, the last time, that he walks with his disciples. Jesus wasn't resurrected just to die again later on, but he was resurrected to be lifted up into heaven, prove that he is who he says he was, and to show us that there is life beyond this veil. It's kind of difficult to understand. It's a little bit science fiction-y. I love science fiction. But this, this gets a little, little into that realm. Jesus... His lifted body into heaven is kind of like the, the helium balloon up into the sky, like Superman, up, up, and away. Perhaps the disciples had an easier time in understanding this than we do. 
Because this is only really, it's just one more thing. One, another extraordinary thing that Jesus can pull off. Strange things happen when you walk with Jesus. The lame walk. The blind receive their, 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 their sight. The dead come back to life. Supernatural things happen when you're in Jesus' company. You get voices from heaven. You see prophets from, from a long time ago. You get vacated tombs. So perhaps they see, they see Jesus just floating up into heaven. Like, hey, yeah, it's just one more thing you could do. He flies now. There he goes. Oh, up he goes. The Mormon church loves, the, uh, I'm sorry, Church of Latter-day Saints uh, loves this story because they believe right at the ascension that he crisscrossed the Atlantic right at that moment and landed over here in the Americas to find the 10 lost tribes of Israel. The Book of Mormon is about those adventures when he comes over here. In 25 years of ministry and preaching, I've never really preached on the ascension. Yet for us separated by centuries and facts, the, the story can be a little hard to say. What do you do with it? Like, what's, what's, what, is, what does Jesus want us to learn from all of this? We need proof. We need explanations. When I was uh, about the age of the kids that were up here, um, I lost a tooth. And I put the tooth underneath my pillow. And I, and I wrote out a note. And it said, Dear Tooth Fairy, keep the quarter. I got a quarter back in those days. Keep the quarter. Teach me how to fly. And I drew a picture of myself over the state capitol because uh, we live by the... Like, mm. And so the next morning, I, I open up the pillow and the tooth is gone and there's a quarter. And the, note, uh, and the tooth fairy in pretty scribe, uh, script wrote, nice try. <laughs> Wanted to learn how to fly. That would have been so cool. We know from scripture that Jesus told his disciples that he would have to leave them, but they would not be alone. The Holy Spirit's coming. Just abide in my love. Go, baptize, therefore, and all, all, all nations. We get those stories. And this is where the rubber meets the road. The final goodbye. What are you going to do when your leader is gone? What are you going to do? This is the time of a year of graduations and new beginnings. I, I remember when I went off to college too many years ago. The college that I went to was only 14 miles away. Uh, so there was really no goodbye, goodbye, call. Because like, we were like close. Matter of fact, it was kind of the opposite. They didn't drop me off at the dorm or help me move in. That was up to me. And on my last load out of the house, my dad said something like, I know we live close by and we want to see you, but don't come back for a month. Like, don't you love me? It sounded cruel, but it wasn't. Dad was still teaching. I needed to fly and be free. Like we didn't have text messages. I got a kid, and he's not here right now. I got a freshman in college. Every day, how's it going? How was your test? How was it? Uh, my parents had none of that, right? The danger was that I would come home at the house during, you know, on my off hours, hang out. I wouldn't try to make new friends 
because most of my high school buddies were still in the county. I would try and relive the past, even with this great new adventure and future that was before me. So I could see when Jesus came back after the resurrection, the disciples would say the same thing. Hey, we're getting the band back together again. Let's, let's, let's Jesus, show us some new adventures. Show us some, show us some new, new uh, miracles, some new party tricks. But that's not what Jesus had in mind. Maybe the real miracle isn't the ascension itself, but what happened after. The disciples, with their eyes fixed heavenward, began to look side to side. And they began to form real community. A community based on what Jesus taught and what he lived. Luke writes this, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they were continually in the temple praising God. It seems to me that the lesson of Ascension Day is not to look up, but to look side to side. Some people are, are, are still waiting for Jesus to return. In 2,000 years, Jesus is going to do what Jesus is going to do. But maybe our job is to get about the business of loving each other, caring for each other, making that kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And he gives us the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized by the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And, and filled with the Holy Spirit, the disciples' vision expanded and they look side to side, and I liked how the, uh, the, the, the scripture is shared today. The uh, first to Jerusalem, and then to Samaria, they hated Samaritans. And then to the rest of the world, they didn't care for the rest of the world either. The truth is, being here this morning is an affirmation that we are willing to expand our vision. Not only to look up, but to look around us. The affirmation that we are nothing without community. The miracle is that disciples just didn't go back to their old jobs of, 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 of fishing or tax collecting or all the things that they used to do. And they just didn't plop down on a mountain and just wait. He's coming back. Just wait, he's coming back. They got about the business of walking out the doors and, and creating a place of love. Did Jesus' ascension change the world? Yeah. Because now it's our job. When we gather uh, supplies for health kits, when we see Christians sharing talents and resources in, in uh, devastated parts of the world, when we see Christians suffer, uh, uh, taking their offering and their time and their, and, and, and their giving to help out refugees... We see people not, not only willing to look upwards, but side to side as well. And if we just sit here and wait for him to come back, that means we don't have to clean up the mess. He'll just do it when he gets here. It's our mess to clean up, though. The disciples were amazed at what happened, and they looked forward to joining him again. But, but it all took place so that we could practice what Jesus taught here on earth. And I loved how the angel said, why do you stand here looking up at the sky? The mission field is out there. Go. Live your life. Do what you were called to do. 
here at Meridian United Methodist Church, we understand that this church is all about, it's on the, it's on the door out there, uh, loving all, changing hearts, transforming lives. We're going to put that on the back of a t-shirt, by the way. It, uh, it'll be available later in about a month. It's amazing that Jesus trusted us enough to leave, that he left, trusting us with this mission, this important work in our hands. Next weekend is Memorial Day weekend. We'll remember those who, who have loved and who have passed beyond the veil. We'll gather at the cemeteries and recall their love and sacrifices. It's weird to say, but, but I kind of like cemeteries. Can I hear a gasp? Yeah, it's, it's, I know it's weird. I get that. I get it. Um, our, our family inherited one uh, back in the day. Uh, I didn't know you could inherit a cemetery, but you can. (laughs) But the danger for me is that I can get too wrapped up in the past where I spend too much of my present remembering old stories, old friends, family. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful that we have a weekend uh, to, uh, to devote to that kind of thing. But some of us do this a lot, like, like way too much, where Memorial Day is like every day. Uh, let me tell you a secret. Methodists, we love moderation. Moderate, right down the middle, smack dab middle, moderation. Uh, in your grief and in your sadness, do it moderately. It's not something to live in every day. Where the past can take over the present. Where the pain of someone's passing still hurts us today as it did a year ago, a decade ago, a generation ago where we pine at days long gone and we can't enjoy the present. The disciples could have just pined around. Remember the good old days? Remember when we used to just gather together? Remember, oh, remember when Peter, when you tried to walk on water, that didn't work. You're, you're a dummy. Remember when he, uh, he did the food thing? Oh, that was great. Or conversely, we could be the disciples whose eyes are still looking upward, waiting for that future to just drop back in. And everything we do is just sitting around waiting for, waiting for something. Waiting for our ship to come in. Waiting, uh, or we just worry about the future. And I think Jesus said a word or two about that as well. I love the angel's rebuke because I need these words sometimes. Why are you staring up here? He'll come back. Get on with your life. I want to close, close the sermon with a poem. I found this in my freshman year at college because I stayed a month away. If you remember the story, uh, Moses and the burning bush, Moses asked the question uh, out of the burning bush where God, you know, the spirit of God was, uh, what is your name? And do you remember what the bush said? The bush said, my name is, anybody remember? I am, I am. All right, that's where this comes from. I was regretting the past, and fearing the future. Suddenly my Lord was speaking, my name is I am. He paused. I waited. He continued. When you live in the past with its mistakes and regrets, it is hard. I am not there. My name is not I was. When you live in the future with its problems and fears, it is hard. I am not there. My name is not, I will be, 
When you live in this moment, it is not hard. I am here. My name is I am. The family of God said, Amen. As we come to the offering, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate in the giving to this church. You make this place happen and all its ministries and all the care that we have in the, uh, and all the things that we do in this world. Uh, I just want to highlight one ministry since it is Graduate Sunday. We have two endowments here at the church. We have seven total, but two for scholarships. One is called the uh, Bushby Judd Endowment. The Bushby family many years ago gave, gave money to uh, scholarships. The Judd family gave scholarships, and then uh, they, they combined them together, Bushby Judd. Uh, and the Bushby still give uh, to, this, to this scholarship fund uh, even, even every year through, a, through another foundation. Another endowment that we have is called the Child's Luscombe Fund. Uh, Luscombe was a uh, pastor back here in the day. Uh, served here twice, actually. Uh, ten years one time, had five years off, and then came back for another eight or nine years. So between the, the Bushby Judd and the Child's Luscombe endowments, uh, and between the foundation from the Bushbees and a couple of generous people in our congregation. This is not general budget, but our scholarship committee gave $24,000 away uh, in scholarships this year uh, for about 16, 17 kids. Uh, can we just say thanks to the scholarship team for doing that? Yay. Uh, and, and those funds are still, still available to receive funds if you would like to donate to those for future endowments. That would be wonderful. But let us receive the offertory.
right, Cadence and band. Uh, I'm, I'm, thank you, Jimmy. I'm dressed to the nines today because I have a wedding in McCall right after the service. Uh, hopefully it'll be cooler up there than down here. Uh, but uh, I do a lot of weddings. I do about 15 to 25 a year. And that was the number one song for the brides walking down last year. Uh, so that, that's when, it, when you're playing that, I'm thinking, oh, brides, brides, brides walking down. Uh, let's stand and sing the power of the cross.
Thank you, people upstairs that make this happen, to folk online. Thank you to our graduates. God bless each and every one of you and to your families. To those who are gathered here, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That as we celebrate this spring day, may God's love, blessings, and peace go with you all. Amen.